The overall tax bill went down for property owners in the city of Columbus, but the city tax bill went up slightly. City Administrator Kyle Ellefson explains what the city was focused on this past year. What we were focused on this year was a, a couple priorities. Um, emergency services was one of our, our big priorities. Um, employee compensation, looking at the benefits, uh, which are somewhat out of our control, uh, you know, health insurance costs and, and items like that, as well as pay to make sure that we're retaining the employees that we have and making sure that when we have to go out for recruitment that we can uh, obtain qualified employees. Um, working on road maintenance, uh, sidewalk maintenance, which is relatively boring. Other priorities include tree removal because the emerald ash borer has damaged several trees in the city and is a safety hazard. Ellison says the community is also a priority. There's also a lot of things that we provide um, that that really serve the community in an extra sense. And you you look at things like the senior center, our recreation programs, the library, the aquatic center. Those are real quality of life amenities that improve the the life of all the citizens and and visitors to the city. The city administrator says money is put towards those amenities because it makes a real difference in people's lives. A new chain restaurant is opening in Beaver Dam today. Noodles and Company will be operating at 100 Francis Lane, Suite E. The business moved into the location that had been occupied by K Jewelers. Beaver Dam is seeing a number of different restaurants coming to the city. The International House of Pancakes is moving into the former Applebee's restaurant off North Spring Street. The business could be open as early as this spring. A Jersey Mike's opened at 106 Francis Lane in December, as well as a pizza ranch at 1524 North Spring Street. In the Park Village Shopping Center, progress is being made on a new building for a combination Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin-Robbins situated between McDonald's and Shopco. The Dodge County Livestock Trivia Night is set to return next month. In years past, proceeds from the fundraiser have gone towards updating the lamb and beef barns at the Dodge County Fairgrounds. This year, organizer Eric Salmi says the money will help the Meat Animal Sale Committee put together a scholarship program. This year's money is all going towards a scholarship program for kids in Dodge County livestock to pursue their egg career. At this time, we don't know the monetary amount of it, but we do know we are putting one together to help the kids of the future. These scholarships will be geared towards graduating 4-H or FFA members who have shown at the Dodge County Fair. The night includes 10 rounds with 10 questions, and Salmi says all 10 rounds have been laid out and roughly 50% of the questions have been researched. He adds that they did something a little unique this year. To involve more 4-H clubs in this, 4-H has a Friday Focus newsletter, so I asked the 4-H clubs, what topics do you want me to research? And I did get some responses back, and I have been researching those. During a recent community comment, Salmi said there are not many events out there that are family-oriented where you can put your money towards a good cause. And to have a family night, whether that's grandpa and grandma and mom and dad and kids or aunts, uncles, our neighbors all getting together, we've seen it all. And people do leave there smiling. Some are frustrated smiles that they should have <laughs> known that answer, but it's for the kids. And that's what we have to look out for these days is to make sure that they're futures are secure and they have the right path to go down. 
The fundraiser will be held at the Waterloo High School Gymnasium at 813 North Monroe Street on March 18th. A variety of food and beverages will be available for purchase at the event. There will be door prizes as well as raffles and a silent auction. Doors open at 4 p.m. the day of the fundraiser and trivia starts at 6. More information and a link to the registration form is available at DailyDodge.com. Day three of the sturgeon spearing season was a slow one with the warm temperatures. The total number of fish taken on the Winnebago system was 127, with 100 from Lake Winnebago and 27 from the upriver lakes. Over the weekend, many spearers pulled their shacks from the water with a forecast of continued warm temperatures and rain. The largest fish taken Monday was a female spear just off of downtown Oshkosh. Joe Shields speared a fish weighing 125.6 pounds. It measured 73.4 inches in length. A natural gas odor that Dodge County authorities spent the better part of Monday night tracing could have been caused by rotting cover crop. Dodge County Sheriff Dale Schmidt says he was told the smell is rotting radishes. He says farmers are planting them as a cover crop, and now that they are thawing out and rotting, the smell is being released. Sheriff's deputies and Beaverdam police officers were dispatched to various locations around 9.30 p.m. The strongest smell was initially pinpointed in the village of Lowell. A Beaver Dam man is charged with illegally voting in the fall 2020 elections. Kevin Haugen reports. Martin Rado III is facing a felony charge of election fraud. According to the complaint, authorities in the town of Beaver Dam were notified by Dodge County prosecutors that Rado had voted in the November 3, 2020 election. A record showed that Rado was still on supervision through November 9th of that year for a felony case. Rado reportedly admitted to law enforcement that he did vote. He allegedly said that he either did not know he was still on supervision at the time or did not know that he could not vote while on supervision. If convicted, the 48-year-old faces up to three and a half years in prison and initial appearance is scheduled for March 27th. And I'm Kevin Haugen reporting for WBEV. A Fond du Lac man has been convicted of a 2016 firebombing in the city. Jonas Johnson was found guilty of a felony count of damage of property by use of explosives, first-degree reckless injury, and first-degree reckless endangering safety. Fond du Lac authorities were called to Dottie Street for reports of a structure fire. They found damage consistent with an explosion that created a hole through the home's south wall. An occupant of the residence sustained a pulmonary contusion, rib fractures, and a head injury. Another person made the bomb but paid Johnson to place it in a mailbox at the residence. Apparently, a resident of the home ripped the individual who made the bomb off in a drug deal. The homemade explosion was retaliation. The 24-year-old Johnson faces up to 40 years in prison. A pre-sentencing investigation was ordered and further court activity is on the calendar in May. A bill introduced this week in the Wisconsin State Legislature would broaden the meaning of an illegal strip search. Here's Ted Aylin. The measure comes after a February 2022 incident where a superintendent in the Surring School District directed six girls to remove their clothes during a search for vaping devices on the girls. Current state law defines a strip search as one in which a person's private parts are exposed, which led the Ocado County District Attorney to claim the searches in the Surring District didn't violate state law because the students were in their underwear. The bill would have a strip search being one in which an individual's private parts, underwear clad or not, are exposed or touched during an investigation. Ted Allen, Wisconsin Radio Network. Taylor Shabiznis attacked her attorney in Brown County Court Tuesday. 
Rachel, call. Shabiznis, who's charged with the murder and dismemberment of a Green Bay man, was pinned to the ground by a deputy. Attorney Quinn Jolly has asked to be removed from the case. The 25-year-old was in court for a competency hearing. Jolly started off the hearing by asking the court for two more weeks so a defense expert could testify on his client's competency. The judge agreed to push back the trial to May, which appeared to have set Shabiznis off. And finally, four candidates are on the primary ballot next week for a seat on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Conservative former Justice Dan Kelly on what he hears from voters. As I travel around the state, what I hear is a great deal of concern that if there is an activist majority, that, uh, that they'll lose their ability to have their public policies set by their legislators. They're afraid that there will be four lawyers sitting in a Madison courtroom dictating policy decisions to the entire state rather than uh, Wisconsinites being able to go to their legislators and tell them what they want their public policy to be. Conservatives currently hold a 4-3 majority on the court. Kelly is on the ballot with conservative Waukesha County Judge Jennifer Durow and liberal judges Everett Mitchell from Dane County and Janet Prosewitz of Milwaukee County. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. Submit your news tips at DailyDodge.com.